Amen and amen. Well, welcome to Tylertown Church once again. Uh, my name is Irvin Walsh. We'll serve as the campus pastor here. So glad that you're here with us today and worship. Uh, man, I'm thankful, by the way, that, uh, man, we can go to the altar, right, uh, at any point in time, any day of the week, any time of the day, uh, man, because of our great and uh, faithful high priest, Jesus, man, that uh, went to the cross for us. And so I love that song, love that song. Well, we're so glad that you're here with us today. Uh, as you saw there, we are starting a new series entitled Deeper, uh, looking at what it looks like, right, for us uh, to, uh, as Colossians 2, 6, and 7 says, right, just as we've received Christ Jesus the Lord, continue to walk in Him. Looking at what that looks like to, uh, to grow as followers of Jesus. Did you know, right, did you know that the Christian life, right, did not end when you were saved? It didn't end when you were saved. It just began at that point. Uh, and so, man, we're going to look at through this series what it looks like to grow uh, in him. But before we do that, before we do that, we are, uh, as you probably noticed when you walked in today, we've got several uh, tables set out with some info on there. This morning is our Grouped in Sunday. Grouped in Sunday, where we're talking about our family groups. Uh, we're going to promote them. Here in a second, I'm going to invite for our family group leaders to come up so you can see them and, and look at all the different groups that we've got here. Uh, family groups is so important here at Tylertown. Here's the truth of the matter today, right? The Christian life, and I've said it before, it, it, you know, it's, it's a personal relationship with Jesus, but the call is not for it to be private, for our Christian life to be private. We need each other. We need one another. It, Family groups are that important. Being able to do life with one another, sharpen one another, encourage one another, lean on one another. We need to be in community. And so, man, we value that. And so today, right, the call is for all of us, if we're not in a group, to get jumped into a group, to get plugged into a group. So with that being said, I'm going to invite for our family group leaders to go ahead and come down front. We've got some family group leaders that are in the house today. Go ahead and make your way down front here so folks can see you, uh, see your lovely faces. Why don't we welcome them to the front here and give them... Hand clap. Welcome them, man. So thankful for their ministry. I know we've got a few that are uh, that are out at the moment here, but uh, but I want to walk through our different family groups um, and, and times that they meet. We've got groups that meet uh, uh, all around town, uh, meet here in the building, meet in homes, meet at different days of the week. Uh, and so, man, there is a family group for you and your family to get plugged into. So I want to go ahead and start uh, with the first group, Brother Ed uh, and, uh, and Sister Phyllis Myers. You see their screen right there, Brother Ed's here to uh, your left, my right. Uh, they've got a group that meets here on Monday evenings at 6.30 p.m., right? A group primarily made up of uh, empty nesters that, that meet here. And so if you're in that season of life, man, come and get plugged in. It's a great time. It's a great time. Uh, and so I actually attend the group, right, to actually go there just so I can get poured into and invest in right to, and I'm just Irv there I'm not Pastor Irv I'm just Irv uh, and so uh, man I love the group and so man if you're in that season of life I encourage you to get jumped in get plugged in uh, there and so next group uh, that you see on the screen RJ and Daisy Valdivia RJ and his wife RJ's here my left your right uh, they lead a group here on Tuesday evenings uh, at 630 meet on campus here uh, and so groups made up primarily of uh, you know uh, military families but uh, they've got a wide array of folks that are there great group um, uh, you know a lot of young families families and so man the the kids area you know where we've got child care man it's blowing and going every single Tuesday night and so uh you know if you're interested in getting plugged in I know you know they've got just really a few spots left their group's really been blowing and going but uh, uh but if you're interested in getting plugged in you know uh, go ahead and connect with RJ and, and, and we'll look to get you plugged in and so uh that's their group next group that you'll see here on the screen Ross and Rebecca Rawlings Ross and Rebecca Rawlings here uh you see them uh they they lead a group on Wednesday evenings at their home at six o'clock uh, their group's made up primarily of, you know, young marrieds, right? Uh, you know, we've got some young families, got a few families in there as well. Uh, but uh, they're actually uh, taking over a group for a season. A uh, group was originally uh, facilitated, led by Ben and Morgan Scott, but uh, Ben and Morgan um, have, uh, you know, accepted serving as interim, you know, student. Uh, directors here for us, right, with Cody and Taylor's transition. So uh, we're thankful for them and their willingness to step in. So, man, if that works for you Wednesdays at 6, man, look to get plugged into them and talk with them after. Uh, and so next group that you see here, Will and Abby Myers. They actually just rolled out. But Travis Easterday, Travis and his wife Emily, Travis in the back, uh, back in the sound booth there, him and Emily, uh, their family are plugged in. They've got a group that uh, meets at, on Thursdays at 6 o'clock in their home. 
Uh, great group, great family, a lot of young families, right? If you fit that demographic, young families, uh, they've got child care available there. Uh, you look to, to get connected with Travis. He'll be at the table at the end of the service uh, today. And so uh, there's their group. Next, next group that you see here. Nick and Jess Johnson, Nick and Jessica Johnson here, uh, they meet Thursday evenings at 6.30, uh, right, uh, and uh, they're actually uh, representation of, you know, their group's unique, We've, they've got a mix of Sango campus folks and Tylertown campus folks in their group, uh, and so they meet, you know, and they, they kind of trade off on where they meet during the week, and so made it primarily of young couples, um, uh, and so, man, if you're in that season of life, just married, you know, been married just a couple of years, you know, you look to get connected with them, man, they're, they, they've got a great group. Uh, there and so uh, let's see. We got a couple more here. Uh, Damien and Amanda Trice, right here. They're actually starting a group today. Uh, it's a brand new group uh, that's starting today. Uh, military family, young military family. Damien, Damien, you've been serving what ten years now, ten eleven years. Uh, and so uh, young military family with five kids. They got five kids. Uh, and so man, they're blowing and going. And so if that's you, if you're in that season of life, young family, military or not, man, jump in their group. Brand new. You may say, Pastor Irv, I'm pretty new here. Well, their group's new. So man. And you'll be able to jump in and connect and, uh, and get to know the folks there uh, for the first time as well. So they'll meet su- they meet Sundays at 4 p.m., Sunday afternoons at 4 p.m. here uh, at the building. So you make sure to get connected uh, with them. Uh, and so uh, Devin and Aaron Williams, another newer group. Devin had to step out for just a moment. Um, but uh, him and his wife, Aaron, they lead a group, um, you know, young families group that meets in their home Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Uh, and so they've got a sign-up sheet out there if, if you're interested in you can get connected there. They'll have child care available at that time. And so I think we've got one more. One more. Yes, Miss Megan Norman, who uh, is our uh, children's minister. Uh, she's leading a, uh, you know, young singles, young adult group um, that uh, will meet Tuesdays, right, uh, in her apartment Tuesday evenings. Uh, and so uh, you make sure to, you know, get connected there if you fit that season of life. And so what am I trying to say? Hey, there's a group for everybody in here. Hey, Amen. There's a group for everyone. And all of us, right, to, you know, today we've got to get plugged into a group. It's that important. It's that important. If you want to see, man, your faith grow, right, to obviously, man, it starts with spending time with Jesus, walking with him. But, man, it also uh, consists of, man, being in community with other believers, man, and getting sharpened, getting encouraged with one another. And so, group leads, y'all can go ahead and take a seat. We'll give them another hand clap of pra- uh, uh, gratitude and thanks today. Thankful for them. Thankful for them. And so we've got uh, tables out in the foyer area, right, You can, uh, with sign-up sheets. Um, and so you can connect with the group leaders there. Uh, you can, uh, you know, sign up for a, t- you know, for a day and time that works best for you. And also ask any kind of questions you may have pertaining to uh, the group. And so with that being said, Matthew chapter 13. <clears throat> Excuse me. Matthew chapter 13 is where we're going to be today <clears throat> as we start this new series uh, entitled Deeper, looking, like, looking at what it looks like, right, to deepen and strengthen our faith in uh, Jesus. Matthew chapter 13. I'm going to start out with, with this here. Um, Brother Brad, you'll like this story, man. In high school, right, I know i got a lot of stories about junior high high school, but in high school, my, uh, my first vehicle, right, was a, a 1996 Dodge Dakota, black Dodge Dakota, called her Black Beauty. Yeah, my, you know, it was, that was my, you know, my first vehicle, man. I love that thing. My dad got it for a discounted price, right? Got it for a whole whopping $500 at some place, not sure where, uh, but, uh, but got it somewhere. And, uh, and it, hey, it ran. It was a little beat up, you know what I'm saying? But it ran, man. Uh, and I loved it, man. Drove that thing to and from school, man. Drove it around. Thought, man, I was the stuff. And like I said, it ran real well for about six weeks. Uh, and then, you know, one day, it wouldn't start. Truck wouldn't start, man. We investigate, look at it, it ends up, you know, transmission. You know, the transmission blew out on it. So it was basically, man, it was it was done for, man. It wasn't worth it, you know, getting the new transmission on there. But even if I would have thought of trying to, you know, spruce up the truck, right? It had a lot of dents and fenders. Pop the, you know, dents and fenders out, man. You know, put on some new rims. I need some new rims on there. You know, get uh, get it detailed, man. Looking nice, right? Uh, get you know, get some get some twelve you know twelve inch speakers in there, brother Tiny man. Bump my music, you know, as I was pretending to ride down the road, right? It it wouldn't have made any kind of difference, right? Because you know the transmission was blew it was blown on, the heart of the truck was messed up. Even if I tried to fix up all the exterior of the vehicle, right, uh, and get it to look as, you know, pristine as a brand new truck, 
The issue, man, was the heart. The heart of the matter was the heart of the vehicle was messed up. And the heart needed, the heart of the vehicle needed to be changed, needed to be fixed in order for it to run well. Here's the reality this morning. We're getting ready to look at a passage of scripture that addresses, right, the heart of the matter for us in here. Here's the truth today. A lot of us in here, right, if we were to do a self-assessment, a heart check, if you will, right, a lot of us would probably say, man, hey, we need to fix some stuff in our heart. There's some heart issues that we've got rolling in our heart and life. Need to address that. But what happens is, I mean, we we get so familiar with church. Perhaps we've been doing it for a while. We know what to say. We know how to dress. We, you know, we, we know uh, the in and outs of things. We know some of the worship songs, right? And so, man, we, we pretty ourselves up, if you will. But the reality is, hey, there's not been any growth or maturity in our life because, man, we hadn't addressed the heart of the matter, which is that there's something a matter with our heart. And so here's what I want for us to understand before we dive into the text today, right? The, the key of the Christian life, understanding the Christian life, is knowing, right, that the heart of the matter is that the Christian life is about the matter of the heart. I believe I'll say that one more time. A, the key for us to understand today is that the heart of the matter, right, is that the Christian life is about the matter of the heart. Where is your heart today? Where's your heart today? Matthew chapter 13, verses 1 through 80. For there, let me know that you're there by saying there. We're going to read verses 1 through 8 and then uh, uh, skip on down to verses 18 through 23. This is uh, the parable chapter, right, uh, where Jesus shares uh, a parable, which for those of you who may not know what a parable is, a parable is a, a, a story Right. Uh, uh, that Jesus often shared to to help illustrate a deeper truth. Right. And he shared this in and amongst, you know, uh, during his time in ministry. I mean, there's a lot, a lot of how he preached. This was his style of preaching, uh, man, is that he would he would teach in parables, teach the crowd in parables. Uh, and so we see him do that here uh, in this parable known as the parable of the sower. And so Matthew chapter 13, starting in verse one, here's what the word of the Lord says, says this. The same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea and great crowds gathered about him or around him so that he got into a boat and sat down and the whole crowd stood on the beach and he told them many things in parables. First off, starting out like this, a sower went out to sow, right? So he uses, you know, Agricultural language, because, man, that was common, you know, in uh, first century uh, Middle East. And so he says this, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil. And immediately they sprang up since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. And then other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. I'll read verse 10. Then the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak in parables? And he answered them, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been Given. Skip on over to verse 18, right? Uh, Jesus' statement in verse 9, before we go on that, I'll just throw this in for no charge. He says, hey, he who has ears, let him hear. The disciples asked, man, why, why didn't you go deeper in explanation, man? You know, the times that we're with you, so you know, you go deeper. We'll see him do that here in a second. You go deeper in explanation. They're kind of wondering, like, wh why don't you explain more? The reason being is because... Right. Those that truly, man, desire to seek after Jesus, man. The truth of what he says will be revealed to them. There are many folks in that crowd, man, that were just following Jesus to get a healing. To get something for him, from him. Get some bread, if you will. But what Jesus is hitting at is, hey, listen, man, seek and you'll find me. Seek and you'll find me. 
And the same thing applies to us, man. Hey, if we, if we want to know, man, hey, the truths of the Lord, man, let's seek them with our whole heart. Don't just seek him to get what's in his hand, man. Hey, seek, seek his whole heart. Seek him and you'll find him. Verse 18. It says this, Hear then the parable of the sower. Jesus is explaining it to the disciples. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a little while. And when tribulation and persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, and another sixty, and another thirty. Entitled the message simply this, the heart of the matter. Right, the heart of the matter is, man, this Christian life is about the heart. About the heart. Where is your heart today? Why don't we pray? Lord, we love you. God, we ask over these next few moments, Lord, that you'd speak to us, God. Uh, God, reveal to us where our heart is in you today, God. God, I know we've got folks that are coming in from in various seasons of life, Lord. Some so busy, it was it took everything to get here. Some walking through God such turmoil that it took everything for them to get here. Some that become so accustomed to and familiar with Church, this is just another thing to check off their box. Got others, man, that are on fire. Lord, temptations of the world are looking to rip them away from you. God, wherever we are today, I pray that you'd meet us here. Meet us. God, and teach us from this parable, from this story. We love you. We thank you. And we ask these things all in your gracious and heavenly name. Amen and amen. We know that Jesus, right, is obviously talking uh, about more than just uh, uh, agricultural trends in the Middle East in the first century, right? Uh, he is uh, uh, using this story, sharing this story, right, uh, this parable uh, to uh, help uh, illustrate a, a deeper truth that he's trying to get the folks to understand, right? And, and he uses uh, different uh, uh, pieces of language, right? He uses uh, different elements to help describe, uh, you know, uh, the uh, heart of the person, heart of a person, and help describe, right, one's, uh, one's walk with him, you know, if they have a walk with him. Uh, we see some different elements here in uh, uh, this passage, right, uh, that I want to walk through first, and then uh, from there we'll talk about what it looks like, right, how we as um, uh, people today can respond uh, to uh, what Jesus is saying here. We first off see, right, uh, uh, the first element of this parable that we see that is talked about here is uh, the seed. Uh, the seed, right? He uses this agricultural illustration to explain the seed, right? And that seed can be representative of, right, the Word uh, of God, whether it uh, is His written Word, whether it's His uh, preached Word, proclaimed Word, or, you know, it's uh, His uh, Word, right, uh, uh, you know, given as encouragement, right, from, from one believer to uh, another, right? It speaks to that. And, and for the Christian here, and I'll talk about the lost person here in a second, but for the Christian in here, right, uh, uh, we see the value of man taking in uh, the seed, right, of His Word to help grow in Him, Listen, you can read all kinds of, you know, books on how to be a successful person, right? The ABCs and the one, two, threes to, you know, a, a better life. But none of that is going to help you grow spiritually. It's through taking in God's word. It's through taking in his word, right? Not just simply grazing it, but take it, you know, meditating on it, reading it, meditating on it, that you are able to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord. Some of you are wondering, man, you know, it's been a while since I've you know, growing in my faith. Well, well, are you spending time with God and His Word? 
Spend time with His Word. Listen, it starts with intaking His Word. His Word. Now to the person here who doesn't know Jesus, the, the context of this passage, right, I believe, right, speaks to, uh, you know, the, the seed essentially being the gospel message, right? The, the four people that are illustrated here, the first three people, right, they never truly receive uh, the gospel message because here's the, here's the deal. If you have received the gospel, right, if you have, a, you know, if you enter into a relationship with Jesus, not only will you profess faith, you will persevere in faith, persevere in faith. Those of, those of us in here, man, who, who truly know Jesus, man, we'll persevere through the end. Doesn't mean we're not going to struggle. Doesn't mean we're not going to stumble or fall. Right? But we're going to persevere through the end. And these first three people that we see here, right, they were folks that, that truly didn't receive the gospel. It's the, the context here. Right? This seed representing the gospel. Maybe you're in here and you're wondering, hey, what, what is the gospel message? Right. Those of you who are lost, you know, maybe you're wondering what the gospel message is. I would gladly share it. And by the way, those who are saved, hey, we always need to be reminded of the good news of Jesus. Right. Let me just remind you real quick what the gospel is. Right. The gospel starts out with understanding that God had has made mankind. Right. He made mankind. We we were made in the image of God. We we weren't made on, you know, by some accidental explosion. What we were made in the image of God. Psalm 139, 14 tells us that we were knitted in the womb of our mothers. Right. We were made in his image, made in his image, man, made to dwell in community with God. Right. But we see, man, Adam and Eve in the garden eat from that fruit of the tree. Right. Sin entered, entered into the world and they're banished from the garden to do their own thing. Right. And later on, we see that the law was given to us. Man, he gave us right this law to abide by, to live by. But as we know, man, we disobeyed it. Disobeyed. Romans 6.23, man, tells us we disobeyed. You say, Pastor, man, I've been a generally good person. You know, I follow, man, the law up, up, you know, to a certain extent. Hey, the Bible says in Romans 2, man, if man, if you've broken one, laws, you've broken them all. And so, man, we have failed in that regard. We disobeyed the law, and, and because of that, we deserve death. Deserve death. But the good news is, hey, Jesus took our place. By dying on the cross. Hallelujah. He died on the cross for us. Romans 5, 8 tells us that. There was nothing we could have done to get back right with God. Not, not our good works. Right? Not simply attending church. Not doing a whole bunch of good things for God. Right? There was nothing we could do to get back right with God. But Jesus, right? God saw that and he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross. Man, pay the punishment for our sin. But he didn't stay dead. Hello. Didn't stay dead. It said, hey, he rose from the grave. Rose from the grave. All throughout the world, right, you can read in history books, man, uh, you know, all these different tombs that are celebrated. You know, uh, you can look in Egypt, right, the ancient tombs, man, of, you know, the, the mummies and stuff that are there. You know, folks that have been mummified, man, how grandiose those tombs are. You can even look at, you know, the Prophet Muhammad in Islam, man, his tomb, man, is real nice and, you know, nice and neatly decorated. Other tombs, man, that are nicely, you know, decorated, and they're known for that. But hey... Jesus' tomb is best known, right, not because of the decoration, but because there's no one in there. Amen? There's no one in there. He rose from the grave, man, and he defeated death. Defeated death. So that we could have life in the Lord. So our response to that, friend, hey, is to turn from our sin and trust in Christ. To trust in Him. Have you done that? When we do that, man, we receive, man, the Spirit of God and empowered to walk this Christian Life, man, that is the gospel. Person in here today, have you received? I didn't ask if you've gone to church. I didn't ask if you've been baptized. I didn't ask if if your grandparents were preachers or or a deacon. I, hey, have you received Christ Jesus as Lord? Have you received that gospel seed? Receive that seed, right? We see the seed talked about, but secondly, we also see. Uh, soil, right? The second thing that Jesus uses to describe this is uh, the soil. Man, if you know anything about agriculture, which I don't, by the way, I, I don't know anything. I'm a city slicker to the max, man. Listen, I, I'd rather hang out inside. You know, anything to do with grass, plant, you know, y'all can have that, man. Hey, if you got a green thumb, hey, kudos to you, man. Hey, thankful for you. I may call you to help me out one day, you know. But if you uh, know anything about agriculture... Man, what you know is that soil, right, is essential. It's essential to, to effective agriculture, to effective 
planting and gardening. Man, you've got to have good soil in order to raise a good crop and produce fruit. And Jesus uses the illustration of the soil, right, to describe our heart. Describe our heart. Listen, we're not going to be able to intake the word, man, if if we don't have good soil, man, if, if our heart, man, isn't right before him. Look at the different examples that he gives of soil here, right? Like I said, it represents our heart condition, uh, heart condition, right? You look at the different examples of soil that he gives here. He first speaks to, you know, uh, that of hard soil, right? Speak That speaks to the hardness of heart, the soil, you know, the seed that were uh, put on uh, uh, the path there that fell along the path, man, that fell along hard soil, right? That literally means those that, that uh, don't didn't understand is what Jesus talks about here, this soil, right, speaks to those people that just didn't understand, man. The word was given to them and, and they didn't understand it. Another word that can be used for understand there is, is the word consider, right, uh, which, you know, speaks to a deliberate decision to say, you know what, I'm not even going to think about that. Right, so the people in this camp are, your, you know, atheists, agnostics, those that say, you know what, there is no God, I'm not even going to think about that, man. I'm not even going to think about the gospel, I'm not even going to consider it, right, the skeptic there. They come and listen, but they never choose to turn from their sin. But it also can speak to the person whose heart has been hardened, right, by stuff that has taken place in your life. Hey, Christian here, maybe it's been a while since you've received the Word of God, quote-unquote. You spent time, right, in your quiet time, but you hadn't heard anything from the Lord in a while. You've come on Sunday mornings, right, and have heard preaching, but man, you, hey, you, there hadn't been any kind of movement or anything taken away in your life. Maybe because your heart's been hard because of something that's taken place in your life that needs to be dealt with. I told this at the 9 o'clock service. I remember, you know, uh, it's been a couple of years now while I was living up here in Clarksville. <clears throat> you know, I've talked about it before, love playing ball, love playing basketball. And uh, ended up, you know, playing one-on-one with some guy at the gym one day. And one thing that I'm discovering, Brother RJ, you know, as I inch closer and closer to the big 3-0, you know, is that, man, I'm starting to slow down. Starting to slow down. And I said that at the nine o'clock service and, and, you know, folks were like, oh, yeah, you know, so earlier was like, yeah, wait till you get to such and such, you know, and maybe some of you think that right now. But I, but I'm, you know, I, I'm slowing down and you're playing this this kid, you know, it was pretty good. But uh, he ends up whooping me, man, ends up beating me bad. And I remember being so mad, Chris, man, I left the gym, stormed out the gym and got in my car that, you know, that anger kind of sat in and, and, you know, man, festered. And I remember I, you know, pulled over someplace and I legit, legitimately punched my middle console, the middle console of my, you know, my car. Was so frustrated. And then after I punched it, you know, and the pain went away for a second, you know, you know those moments when you try and act tough, you get mad about something, try to act tough, and you kick something or punch something, and you still got to act tough because, like, you know, you're, either your wife or kids are watching. You know what I'm talking about? Don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about, men in here in particular. You know what I'm talking about. But after I got done punching, the pain went away for a minute. I sat up. And I said, wait a second, Brother Mitch, I'm a grown man right here, belly aching, crying and complaining because I lost a one on one game that didn't didn't matter in the grand scheme of things at all. Right. I lost a game that the kid probably forgot about when he left, but I let it sat in, you know, sit in and fester in my heart in my life. And I'm sitting here having a little hissy fit in my car because I lost this little game. And affected, you know, my attitude and, and how I went about doing things. You know, I tell that story facetiously, but, but you know, there may be some of you in here seriously that either something's happened to you or, or something that you thought was going to take place in your life didn't happen. And because of that, you've allowed bitterness to root in. And your heart's hard, and it's been a while since you've received the word. Right, you fit in this category of the hard Soil. He talks about the hard soil. Secondly, he talks about the rocky soil. Man speaks to this person who hears the gospel, man, and, get, and gets fired up. Hears the word of the Lord, man, and, and is fired up for a season, man. Things are going great. You know, this is your person, man. They get saved. Man, they're, they're coming to Sunday school. They're coming to church, man. They're fired up, man. They're signing their name on every family group list, signing their name on every service place. They're willing to serve in kids both hours. Miss Megan, by the way, you know, they're signing up for all that, all that stuff. But then, hey, because, man, the seed was on rocky soil, wasn't able to take root deep, man, when the sun came out, scorched it up, and they end up burning out. Man. The sun, right, representing 
Man, tribulation, other struggles, trials, as Jesus talks about here. They let that take place in their life, and they end up falling away. We see the thorny soil talked about. Right? The person who hears the word, man, and seems to receive it. But man, the uh, temptations of this life, the cares of the world, man, the, hey, you know, the desire to live for oneself in this world overtakes them and they end up falling away. And then lastly, right, he speaks of the good soul, man. This is the soul that bears fruit at the end, right? A life that gives testimony to the fact that they know Jesus. They've received the gospel, man. It's taken root in their life, and, and they are all in for him. All in for him. All in for him. Right? We see him describe the souls. And so asking the question today, man, where, where, where's your heart in that? Where do you fit in in that? Which one of those descriptions describe, you know, describes you? Describes you. With that being said, right, real quick, just a couple of takeaways, right, to answering the question, how do we how do we move to have a heart, man, that's able to receive the word? How do we properly respond, man, in receiving the word? What needs to take place in our heart and life in order to do so? And then I'll be finished. I'll be finished. First and foremost, what needs to take place, right, in our heart and life in order to receive the word, receive the truth, is choosing to humble ourselves before the Lord. Choosing to humble ourselves before the Lord. It's making this decision to exhibit a posture of humility whenever it's going before God. For the lost person in here, hey, what that looks like is you choosing man to humbly come to the fact that you're in need of Jesus. You come into the reality that man, you, you, hey, you can't do this life on your own. You need Him. And humbly, man, surrendering to Him and saying, you know what, hey, I'm, I'm I die to myself, Lord. Hey, I surrender to you. Child of God, that, that means whenever you look to, to uh, approach uh, the throne of, of grace, whenever you look to enter into God's presence and walking with him, whether it be, you know, through opening up your Bible on your own, whenever you enter into, man, uh, you know, the, the church house, right? It, that means, right, having a posture of humility, saying, you know what, God, hey, whatever word you have for me, man, I, I'm willing to listen. And by the way, listening is more than just letting it go in one ear and out the other. Throw that in for no charge. Hey, it, it, I'm, Lord, I'm willing to respond. I'm willing to respond to what you have for me. But hey, that, that takes humility. That takes humility, man. Hey, that, that's tough. That's tough. That takes understanding, you know what? Hey, whether a word, man, gets me fired up to say hallelujah, amen, or, man, a word that, that I read or hear, right, moves me to say, oh, me, oh, my. Either way, man, we humbly say, you know what, God, hey, what you have for me, I'm willing to listen. Listen to this, church. It's hard to receive God's word when you think the purpose of receiving it, right, is simply for what Christ can do for you instead of what Christ wants to do in you. I believe I'll say that one more time. Man, it's hard to receive God's word when you think the purpose of it is simply just to get from God. Simply to see, hey, what, what, hey, God, what can you do for me here? Oh, God, hey, I, I, listen, I, I need a word from you. I, I need a word from you. When you think it's simply about that, right, more than it's understanding. You know, I, I'm, I'm encountering the word, man, to see what the Lord can do in me. It's not a, here it is, it's not about information. It's about transformation. Whenever we encounter God's word, man, he wants to transform our hearts. But that starts with us humbly going before him. Humbly going before him. Secondly, right, second response. What does that look like for us? Right, it's choosing to make the decision to rest in the love and grace of God. In order to avoid the second individual, right, uh, that I heard the word, right? And man was fired up for a season. And then when tribulation came, which by the way, tribulation, that risen language, it's this image of uh, being squeezed, right? Whenever life squeezes you, man, you still choosing to be able to praise the Lord. In order to do that, right? The call for us is to choose to rest in God's love and his grace. Man, rest in it. 
Rest in it. Because here's the reality. Hey, the sun is going to shine on all of us. And what I mean by that, hey, the sun, tough times are going to come. You're either, man, in the midst of it, getting out of it, or getting ready to go, go into it. Man, tough times are going to come. But, man, we've got to choose to be folks that respond by resting in the love and grace of God. Psalm 13. I love that psalm. One of my favorite uh, passages in all the scripture, right? It's the uh, king, David. He wrote a psalm similar to this in Psalm 3. But Psalm 13, verse 5 and 6, right, uh, is his response. The first part of it is, you know, he basically starts out by saying, you know, how long, O Lord, how long will you forget me? How long will you hide your face from me? God, I, you know, folks were telling me, man, that I, I was that guy. You, you helped me to slay, you know, 10,000. You helped me to be this man, unbelievable, you know, ruler. Listen, you, folks are telling me that I'm a man after your own heart. How long are you going to forget about me? How long am I going to be on the run for my own son who's looking to kill me? How long? Life stinks. But then look what he says in verses 5 and 6. Hey, he was able to sing this and shout this because, man, he was able to rest in the love of God. says this. He said, I will trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices, man, will rejoice, is rejoicing right now, and will continue to rejoice in your salvation, what you've done for me. I will sing to the Lord, for he has been good to me. Hey, friend. Listen, when life squeezes you, when life squeezes you, hey, choose to rest in the love and the grace of God. Choose to rest in his love and grace today. Choose to rest in it. Thirdly, real quick, how do we respond, right? uh, How do we possess a heart that receives the word? How do we respond to this, right? Thirdly, we see here we respond by choosing to remember the goodness of God. Remember the goodness of God. It says that third person, man, they, the, the seed was planted on thorny soil and the thorns choked it out, man. Representative of the cares of the world, you know, the, uh, the uh, temptation of riches, right? In order as believers today to, to avoid, right, falling into uh, that, that trap, what, what that looks like for us is remembering the goodness of God, remembering that Jesus is better at the end of the day. Hey, Jesus is better than any worldly pursuit that we could look to try and attain. Jesus is better, right, than that idol in your life, man, that that, that you want to worship because, hey, it temporarily satisfies you. He's better. It's choosing to understand and remember the goodness of God. Remember that statement, right, that nothing compares to the greatness of knowing the Lord God. Because here's the deal today, right, the idols that we want to erect in our life and in our family's lives... Hey, they're going to grow old and dusty. And, and, and you know, we're going to become bored of them and going to try to move to another idol, right, uh, that, that we're going to try and find satisfaction for. But we won't ever be able to attain it. Right? The, hey, the stuff in our life, right, that, that we look to try and worship, man, it, it's never going to fulfill us. Never going to fulfill us. And so, man, choose... To remember the goodness of God. Man, understand what Psalm 107.9 says. That the Lord, man, he satisfies the thirsty soul. And he fills the hunger with good things. Man, remember, man, that the love of the Lord is better than what, than what life truly, you know, what life is. His, better, his love is better than life itself. Man, remember that. I'm not saying it's wrong, man, to pursue things. I'm not saying it's wrong to have hobbies, you know, or, or, or like other things. But here's the deal. Hey, whenever you choose to like and love those other things other than the Lord, man, that hobby turns from being a great servant to a cruel master. I believe I'll say that one more time. I guess that must have went over y'all's head. I was hoping for something, maybe, you know. Amen or something. Whenever those things in your life, right, that you may enjoy, whenever you choose to enjoy those things or those you put those things in a place of worship where the Lord ought to be, what happens is they go from being great servants to cruel masters and will leave you in a bad place. And so man, choose to remember the goodness of God. Don't let 
you know, those thorns, if you will, man, choke out your love for Jesus. Remember the goodness of God. And then fourthly and lastly, right, what's our response ought to be? Right, we see him wrap up by talking about the good soil here. Fourth response ought to be to run fully after God. Run fully after God. Speaks of this good soil, right, this heart that's on good soil. It's the one that hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields. In one case, a hundredfold, and another sixty, and in another thirty. Right, so it's the, it, it's a picture of this person, man, that has understood the gospel, man, you know, is saved, and is choosing to go all in for Him. Choosing to go all in for Him. Like I mentioned earlier, Colossians two six and seven, man, understanding that just as, and we receive Christ Jesus, continue to walk in Him, rooted and built up and established in the faith. It's this person understanding that the Christian life is more than just a Sunday experience. Hey, it's understanding that the Christian life is more than just, you know, uh, us feel, you know, doing a whole bunch of obligatory duties uh, in order to try to win God's favor. And it's understanding, man, that this Christian life is running fully in pursuit of knowing Jesus and making him known. Right? And real quick, running fully after God looks like this. Number one, laboring in his field, right? Laboring in uh, the field. Laboring in the field. Man, you know, farming, again, I have no experience whatsoever. But the folks that I've talked to, you know, man, it's, it's not easy work. Or else more, more people would do it. Right? It, it's it's uh, labor intensive. That's part of the reason why I'm not a huge fan. Of it. I'm just kidding. Kind of. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I've heard the joke before, and I'll go ahead and say it again. Man, I believe God made these hands to hold a Bible. You know, that's, uh, that's about it. But laboring in, in its field, man, that, that, that speaks to our, man, walk with Jesus, man. It, it, it takes work. We're not just going to mature, right, by osmosis. You're not just going to mature in your walk with Jesus by, by simply coming, you know, once in a while on a Sunday, right? Or simply grazing, you know, the random page in your, in your Bible that you turn to. Oh, man, Leviticus, man, I don't really read there much. Let me try reading there today. No, it, it, it takes it takes work. It takes cultivation, man. Hey, it, it, it takes you choosing, man, to make every effort. Second Peter 1, verses 5 through 8 says, making every effort to grow in the Lord, man. Walking with Him, spending time in prayer, man. Waking up early, spending time in prayer. Spending time in prayer throughout the day, man. Spending time in His Word, being, being disciplined in that. Spending time in intentional solitude, man, just listening to him, waiting to hear his voice. It takes intentionality, man. It takes labor. And then secondly, right, uh, running fully after God is the call for us to remove the weeds, right, in our life. The, the parasites, man, that might be in the field, if you will. Again, as a novice farmer, man, or as a novice uh, person that... It's in agriculture. I wouldn't even classify myself as a farmer, man. I don't want to do that title disservice. But as a person that doesn't know much about agriculture, I do know one thing, man. Weeds are bad. Weeds are bad. Parasites are bad. Real bad. Real bad. And the same thing can be said in our Christian life, man. What are some weeds that are growing up alongside, man? Your Christian walk with the Lord, man. Some things that are competing for first place in your heart and life, man. Cut, cut those things out. Cut those things out. Man, what are some parasites, man, that are eating up the field, if you will, man. Parasites in your life. That parasite of envy keeping you from walking with God. Hey, that, that, paras oh, here it is. that parasite of complacency. That, that, that parasite, those of us who have been in the church for, for a while, that, that, that parasite of being a know-it-all, if you will, figure, thinking you've got it all figured out in life and in the faith. Man, those parasites, man, hey, we've we got to get rid of them. We've got to spray some Roundup for the weeds. I do know that. Roundup for the weeds. And then whatever you spray on parasites for that. You've got to get rid of them. 
got to get rid of them. What does that look like in your life? The heart of the matter, friend, is that the Christian life is about a matter of the heart. A matter of the heart. I'll end with this. The <clears throat> All of us in here who, who know Christ, right, whenever we chose to repent and to trust in Him, right, we became believers, and we began as spiritual infants in our walk with God. And all of us in here at some point were a spiritual infant, no matter when you got saved. I know some folks in the room here that saved later on in life, right? And so at all of us at some point were a spiritual infant. But, but here's the truth today, and this speaks on the whole series in large. Listen to me. It, it would be a tragedy if you spent 25 to 30 years, right, as a Christian. And age-wise, you're supposed to be mature, but in terms of your actual walk with God, you were still an infant. The truth of the matter is, right, the, the Christian life, it doesn't end at salvation, it just begins there. And so the call for us is to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord. And so are you growing today? Are you growing? If not, Hey, listen, it's a matter of the heart. You've got to do a little heart check and get your heart right. But listen, we all got to grow. All got to grow. And that's the purpose of this series. Purpose of this series. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I'm going to ask for the band to come up. <clears throat> and as the band's coming up, Those of you who may be new with us, right, this is uh, our time of, uh, of response where we have an opportunity to uh, man, just get along with God for a minute and, and respond to his, his word, right? Uh, James tells us that we're called not just to be hearers of his word, but doers of it. And there's always a call to respond, right? All of us, whenever we engage with the Lord, there's always a call to respond. Maybe your response is, man, to praise God, man, for how he's for what he's done in your life and how he has grown you in him, right? But that's a, that's a response. Maybe you're in here this morning and the truth of the matter is you've never received the gospel seed. As I mentioned earlier, hey, the, 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 the context of the passage speaks to, right, uh, the contrast between one who receives the gospel seed, right, one who is truly a believer in, in the other three who weren't. Maybe you're in here and the truth of the matter is you, you don't know Jesus. Hey, your response ought, today ought to be to respond to the gospel and choose to turn from your sin and trust in Him. Hey, you, no matter how much you've done, no matter how far you've gone, right, there's always a call to respond. Jesus is just a call away. Man, no one on this side of eternity is too far gone to receive. So that may be your response today. Maybe you're in here and you know Jesus, but your Christian life is uh, can be identified as uh, the person with a hard soil. Right? Uh, it's been a while since you've been able to receive the word, to take in the word, because uh a decision, you know, uh, that you made. Maybe in your mind God hadn't met any expectations or expectations that you set on Him. Maybe it's because of bitterness and stuff in your life. And maybe your response is to just get along with Him. Humble yourself before Him and ask for Him to soften your heart. Maybe you're in here and, and you identify with the rocky soil person. Man, you were jazzed up, man, and fired up when you first came to know the Lord, but man, it's been a while since you've had that passion, man. That zeal, that fervor. And that's because life squeezed you and, and you, you chose to run away from the Lord instead of drawing closer to Him. Maybe your response today, man, is to ask for the Lord to help you to rest in His love and grace to remind you, man, of His goodness and 
for you to return to him. Maybe you're in here and you identify with the thorny soil, man. Your struggle is with idols in, in your life that are competing for that, that place on the throne, uh, that on the throne of your heart that God alone deserves. I don't know where you are this morning, but I'm going to pray for us. And listen, you, you respond as the Lord leads. You respond. You get right with him. Maybe, maybe you just need the Lord to help you, man, to run fully after him. Man, you're charged up. You're fired up. But you respond as, as the Lord leads today. Why don't we pray together? Lord, we love you. We thank you, Lord, that... Um, God, that you're alive, Lord, that uh, you, you, uh, you are moving. God, we thank you that you're good, that you're near to us. God, that you care about us. God, and you allow for us to walk in this loving relationship with you, God. I pray for the person in here today, Lord, that uh, may not know you. God, I pray that you would reveal to them, Lord, even right now, Lord, just uh, got their need for you. I pray that they'd humble themselves and choose to respond to the gospel and turn from their sin and trust in you, God. I pray for, God, the person in here who, who knows you, but it's been a while since they've heard from you. It's been a while since they've been able to take in your word, whether it be through studying on their own or you know, through the preaching of the word or, or through the encouragement of the word from others. God, I, I pray that. God, they would humble themselves, Lord, and come before you and ask for you to melt their heart, Lord. That they would deal with the junk in their life that's keeping them from walking with you, Lord. I pray for the person, Lord, that uh, has had life squeezed out of them, Lord. Tribulation, Lord. They perhaps maybe even experienced persecution, Lord, as Jesus talked about there, Lord. God, I, I pray that you would strengthen them, Lord. Remind them of your love and your grace, Lord, and that they would rest in them. Lord, that even though the sun comes, man, and, and, and scorches, Lord, our life, God, we, we can say it's, it's well. God, we can still choose to praise him, trust in your salvation, Lord, because we understand you've been good to us. God, I pray for, God, the person who and identifies with being on thorny soil, if you will, Lord. I pray that you would smash the idols, Lord, and the stuff that's competing for first place. That choose to be all in for you, Lord. God, help us all to be folks that run fully after you. Lord, help to cultivate, Lord, uh, God, our heart. Lord, help us to see, Lord, that that, uh, that involves us as well. We're laboring in the field. And God, continue to meet with us here. We love you, we thank you, and we ask these things all in your gracious and heavenly name. Amen and amen. Why don't we stand?